Hello and welcome to Brussels Sprouts. My name is Dan and you're listening to the number one property podcast according to my mum. And she's not a liar, might I add. Hi mum. I'm delighted to be joined by the Hub Leary co-founder, Suzanne Murdoch. Welcome to the show, Suzanne. Good morning. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, it's lovely to have you on today and I'm looking forward to really getting into the Hub Leary stories. Um, first, quick question. How is it going? <laughs> Generally? Yeah. Oh, we've highs and lows, ups and downs, but we're going in the right direction. Oh, perfect. Oh, up, yeah. down. Well, I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> yeah. But we're moving forward. Perfect. Me too. Me too. Um, Susan, what we'd like to do uh, to begin with is to get to know you a bit personally. Uh, we'll ask some deep, deeply personal questions, you know, really deep and personal questions. So are you ready? <laughs> Go for it. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Let's go. We're going to get to know you. Um, question one. Where is the most interesting place you've been? Oh, my word. Yeah. Personal. Yeah. You could have you could have given me the heads up on that one. <laughs> um, well, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a heritage history geek. Oh, uh, yeah. And my favorite place is actually Hampton Court Palace. And I could spend Henry VIII's land. <laughs> Do you know, I, I used to live next door. Did you? Yeah, no joke. I used to live in Hampton, uh, oh. which is right. Oh, yeah, that is next door. A stone throw, yeah, just away from it, yeah. Yeah, so I could spend uh, days in there camping out, pretending to be one of the ladies in waiting, you know. <laughs> Do you know I never went there? <laughs> oh, no, no, that's terrible. <laughs> I know. I just thought, what's that? You know, walking past, didn't even look, didn't even look. <laughs> that's cool, though. Very interesting answer. Um, what is the best way a person can spend their time? Doing what they love, if they know yeah. what they love. Um, being really in a moment, doing what they love. I love being outside, horticulture, gardening, anything outside. Anything outside. Uh, do you like camping and things like that? No, I don't like camping. <laughs> <laughs> anything outside, except, except the one camping. outside. <laughs> except camping. Cool. Yeah. I hate camping too, anyways. Spiders. No, thank you. Not for me. Um, what question would you most like to know the answer to, like, ever? Ooh. What's really out there? What, like UFOs? No, is there, is there life after death? What is out there? Are those people that have left us still there in, yeah. some, in some shape or form? That would change, wouldn't it? If we found out that was true, I wonder what would happen there to the world if we if we found that out. There'd be a lot more questions. <laughs> yeah, there'd just be never-ending never questions, wouldn't there? <laughs> oh, well. Interesting. Yeah, and that's probably the question I'd go for as well. Um, so, last question for you. I feel like we, we know a lot about you. Outdoorsy, you know, death. <laughs> what... <laughs> What could you give a 40-minute presentation on with absolutely no preparation? Um, heritage horticulture, I sound really geeky, don't I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'd have to be standing outside doing it. Right. <laughs> but would, no you like to, would you like me to start now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is it. This is, you're on the spot. 40 minutes, go. Uh, <laughs> very outdoorsy, very outdoorsy. Very cool. Hampton Court Palace. Um, I'll have to go there next time I'm up there. Then. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what that, you're talking about standing outside, though. What do you mean? Uh, if I'm going to give this 40-minute presentation, it'd have to be outside. <laughs> that makes total sense, actually. Just make sure you wrap up, though, because it is cold. Okay. 
Um, thank you, Suzanne. We've got to know you a little bit better. Um, I feel like the audience knows you very deeply and personally now, which they didn't before. So great work. Uh, Suzanne, what we like to do next is get the your 30 second best elevator pitch for the Hub Leary. So we're in an elevator, you've got 30 seconds to, you know, make us buy some space. What do you got? Okay, so we are a flexible workspace provider uh, with a network of three spaces based in Newry, um, right on the border between Dublin and Belfast, so very centrally located. Uh, we provide private office hire, desk hire, virtual office facilities, um, predominantly to remote workers, professionals and micro-businesses. Established back in 2012, um, our newest space is very sustainably focused and we've got a roof garden, cinema, cafe. So it's really all about um, the community aspects as well as the good infrastructure. Um, and we partner with quite a few um, other flex spaces and um, operators throughout the globe. Um, really trying to improve those connections and, and the expert side of the memberships. That's cool. I'll take it. That's my catchphrase. I'll take it. Good stuff. <laughs> you got a cinema? Yeah. What? That's wicked. Private, private cinema with the original cinema seats from Bournemouth Theatre. Oh, how did you wangle that? Was that like one of those police auctions? <laughs> um, we do. We, we have to do a lot of waggling with some of the stuff in our space. Yeah. Can't actually remember that wasn't down to me, that part. That's cool, though. Um, you said you've been around since 2012. That's quite a long time then, really. Yeah, yeah. So our, our first space was big open plan office. Yeah. We needed a space. We were working out the porter cabin, so we got our hands on this office. And we'd seen the concept of co-working throughout Europe and thought, well, we'll give this a go because at the time I knew nobody coming to Neary from London. Yeah. Um, and then it, it kind of evolved from there, really. And do you get, you say you're sort of equidistance. I don't know if I'm going to use it, if that's the correct term, but between the two uh, cities, do you have people coming from each way? Yeah. So we would have a lot of people who are on the road a lot or employed, um, employers in Dublin, Belfast, or even, even London, who would, especially now, who might have to um, historically have to commute a lot, but they can't right now. So they would be based with us. Do people commute them from Ireland to, uh, to London? Is that a thing? Yeah, my husband does that. He used to do it every other week. He'd be over in London a couple of days a week. Oh, glam. What a life. It's not. It's really not. <laughs> it sounds cool, though. Like, you know, <laughs> just coming from Ireland, you know. <laughs> I'm just really boring, evidently. <laughs> That's what I like. Um, no, it sounds very interesting. It sounds like you've been going for a long time and that you sort of spotted the trend early as well. Uh, would you say lots more have popped up around you since that uh, time or are you still sort of primarily the only ones knocking about in Leary? Um Well, we were one of the first in Northern Ireland and then over the last couple of, well, there were certainly no, no others in Leary anyway. Yeah. So, um, and over the last couple of years, yeah, there have been a few others popped up, but they're all very different in terms of their client base, their focus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for that. I think uh, that was a really interesting picture. You told us a lot about um, what you do. Uh, so are you ready for our killer questions? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. <laughs> um, so we often speak with a lot of London based or surrounding areas providers. Um, I think it'd be interesting to get just your take on the last 12 months for sort of uh, from an, an island point of view or a Northern Ireland point of view, because I think it's just something we've not heard before. So last 12 months what has happened go <laughs> well back to the highs and lows the ups yeah. and downs and the the moving forward part now it's been interesting because obviously we are based as i said on the border 
So we ha we've had to take perspective from the uh, Northern Ireland Stormont government restrictions, the Republic of Ireland's um, government restrictions, oh, yeah. and they've often often not been on a par with each other. So it's been quite confusing and stop start a lot of the time. Oh yeah, of course. So for us as well, we would have cross border memberships that got cross border client bases, who then in turn have cross border clients themselves. Yeah. Are you following me? So yeah, so different regulations coming from north and south. They've got their company's got different regulations, and you've yeah. got to adhere to all of them. Forget it. Close it down. To, to <laughs> no, we thought about that one, but we thought no, let's keep going. <laughs> oh, it sounds really, really tough. How did you manage all of it then? So it's been interesting. So we predominantly before this all happened a year ago, we would have had a big freelancer membership uh, yeah. micro business member bases and not so many remote workers we did have them but not so many and now the freelancers are very much working from home some of them haven't fed so well feared so well um through covid but we're seeing a lot more of the remote workers even in the last six months so we've kept going and a lot of those people who naturally would be based in in england are now basing themselves with us oh really yeah so um, we've also had to change in terms of um, renovated some of our spaces that wouldn't necessarily be an open plan, but they were more shared desk areas. So we turned them into private offices because that's what we've been asked for in the yeah. main meeting room spaces. We flipped some of them. Um, and we've obviously had to put the screens up in the usual COVID scenario. Um, but yeah, it's more about anticipating what we're going to be asked for next. Yeah, I guess so. It's difficult to predict, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, do you know what you said actually lines up with what I've heard as well previously? Uh, not on this podcast, but just sort of anecdotally that uh, there's a big shift away from sort of co-working, typical co-working to private spaces. Yeah. Um, so my friend who owns a co-working space, his, his whole place is, is, is all um, basically turned it all into private desks and private offices now. And they're all taken out about the, the co-working sort of... Um, taking a bit of a hit I guess but then yeah in private hence, hence the the change to people talking about flex spaces and it is very different co-working was more the traditional you know the community the Friday night parties the Monday night parties but it's not what people want anymore yes you may you might get the odd one but in the main it's they're looking for the infrastructure they still want the connections they still want to know someone's next door in the office next door but it's not all about this big community drive it's about having a space that's safe, secure, but you know there's someone next door if you need them. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, I wonder if there'll still be that sort of cross collaboration between companies. I imagine that'll still happen, won't it? Yeah, uh, I'd say so. Yeah. yeah, interesting. But, 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 but one of the things we have missed is the caffeine from the, oh, ca yeah. the coffee shop next door and downstairs. Yeah. You can still go, is that something you look after or is, uh, is that a diff different company looking after the Dif coffee? No, a different operator. We can still get we can still get coffee, but we actually have to get up and walk. <laughs> <laughs> Not worth it. <laughs> Mission. Um, yeah. uh, but the other, sorry, the other thing, Daniel, that we had to take perspective of was obviously Brexit. Oh yeah. Um, go on, talk me through that. <laughs> well, that's been another interesting kettle of fish. So the whole protocol thing and how that's been rolled out. Yeah. Um, it's actually benefited us quite well. We're getting a lot more, as I said, remote workers yeah from it yeah but in terms of um if you go and order something like a delivery 
they won't necessarily deliver to Northern Ireland or the prices have gone up. So for the economy around us and um, small businesses, it's been really hard. Yeah, um, I didn't even know that like deliveries would be affected at all. Obviously, uh, I've not really noticed any change, but that's probably just more down to being fortunate where I live and sort of thing. But that's that sounds like there's a big deal not being able to get your Amazon orders. Amazon, oh my God, big time. For me, the whole heritage plant thing. Oh, it's a big, it's a big, <laughs> big bad no-no. And then the shopping, even down to your normal weekly shopping basket, you can't get a lot of the stuff. Oh, oh, oh I'm so sorry. <laughs> I voted. That sounded really sincere. Uh, no, I, I voted. Uh, what is it? Not, not the, not the out one. That I voted. I voted in. Yeah. So, so did most know. of us. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't have revealed that live on air. I'm going to get loads of hate mail um, if anyone listens. Uh, so next question. We sort of briefly touched upon sustainability, but how important is it in the modern workplace um, and how are you putting it at the front of uh, your mind? Does being more sustainable make you a more attractive workplace, would you say, in 2021? Yeah, it's always been the front of our mind. Even back when we started the spaces, we went for um, what's called green tourism. Okay. Uh, we got gold award there. Oh. But certainly the, the the newest space, yeah, it's right at the forefront of our minds. And I think it just shows an awareness of your the social responsibility. And it's the softer, the people side as well. Um, but I guess you see it from four different aspects from the, the individual members perspective in terms of, you know, there's, there's less commuting in a flex co-working space. You've got the, the energy consumption side of things, the recycling. And then if you're a remote worker working for a corporate, you've got to look at it from the employer's perspective. So everything now in terms of carbon emissions has to be completely transparent right through their supplier chain, you know, from the um, the office worker right through to the cleaning products that they use. Yeah. So you have to look at it from all those different aspects. And then you've got the property owner, say, us, for instance, you've got the operational efficiency, sustainability of local communities, um, being part of a community. And I think from the investment value of property as well, if you if you're really sustainably aware, the value can go up by as much as ten percent. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently. That's and then good. You, yeah, and you've improved marketing, um, the attractiveness of the building. But I mean, personally, there's the whole social responsibility side of things, and that goes right through to um, how you see your work-life balance, the family aspects. I think there's a whole raft of areas you could cover there so you sort of um sound like you're really into it personally as well so you actually feel like it is something you really want to take up and sort of um not just uh let's slip to the side sort of thing it's really important to it sounds like yeah there's a whole holistic side to it yeah cool yeah no um i agree like obviously it's the right thing to do um it's, it's tough as well i think to be sustainable like and it's I'm unsure, like, my personal feeling is like I'm unsure of where the responsibility lies, like whether it's with the com- company like you or the, the consumer like me. I think we all have to take responsibility, yeah. especially now there's that much education and awareness out there. There's no reason why you shouldn't. Yeah, I've cut my littering down just to like sort of five times per week. <laughs> uh, we do. We would do um, in normal times. We do a lot of canal cleanups and then oh, really? the local, yeah, local groups. That's cool, isn't it? Um, and then we've yeah. got uh, on our roof garden there's a new initiative we've um teamed up with a local community group and they've put a god i'm going to get the terminology right it's like a a measurement box it measures all the carbon emissions in the local area oh really how does it do that then 
Last week, and just just in roof garden there, didn't you? Just in our roof garden, whatever. Don't worry about it. You know what? You're sitting in your bedroom on your ironing board. Yeah, I'm just in my roof garden. (laughs) Um, That's cool. You got a roof garden. Yeah. All right. Stop being casual about it. It's wicked. That is. Um, I love it. Yeah. So I can stand out there and give my 40-minute talk on heritage horticulture. Exactly. That's exactly where you could do it. Um, very interesting. Cool. Yeah, obviously sustainability is really big and uh, something that Excel, Excel were super interested in as well. You know, um, we will start recycling uh, from next year. We've, we've committed to that. So <laughs> that's a joke. We do recycle. Um, so um, question three, does a company's decision to hire people from anywhere um, stand to enhance or diminish corporate culture? Um, how may this impact the flex market? Well, I read an article on this yesterday. Um, a joint article about from Propmodo and the census. Uh, I think they wrote it back in March. Yeah. And it was all about um, how enterprise clients are changing the definition of the flex office. But they really talked about the whole corporate culture side of things. Yeah. So unlike the freelancers and startups who really were looking for some help with their company culture from co-working spaces, I um, a lot of the enterprises have already done that. They've already they've already got that company culture out there. Yeah. Um, and they're more looking for the flex suites and the the spaces where they can put their teams in and they can roll out their events, their their personal company events. Um, so I don't think they necessarily want the whole pitch around the community aspects like freelancers or the startups do. Yeah, I see. Yeah. That's interesting. So what you're saying is people that come from these sort of big corporations will already have their sort of culture embedded anyway and will just be a continuation of that in these spaces. Yeah, but I think so, to some extent you have to look at who who is your member. Is it a, a one-off employee of the corporate space with you? And yeah. then, and then yeah, of course, some of the co-working or flex-based culture and the people around you are going to seep into your daily life. But on the whole, these people are on Zoom to their team members. They're talking to their team members or they're emailing, and that that um, that culture's there. Yeah. Um, on that, could I ask you another question? Actually, I think. Um, do you think that we have more Zoom meetings and more meetings in general now? We've got uh, sort of Teams and 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 Zoom, etc. Than we would as if we were just all knocking about in the office. Uh, you a bit more sort of careful with your time I suppose in the office like you don't want to have meetings you try and get rid of them all and uh, think we have more than we should now I don't know if we have more than we should but we definitely have more and whether it's um, a subconscious way of just keeping in contact with people more mm. so than the the primary reason for a meeting I don't yeah. know I, I definitely feel that if I have been on zoom for a week I've missed out you've not yeah. <laughs> you feel like you missed out if you've not been on it yeah uh, FOMO yeah I suppose but then, but then if I'm on it every day yeah you do get it just you feel exhausted after a while yeah like my back to back like honestly all day Monday all day Tuesday um but I just feel like that wouldn't be the situation if I was in the office as usual I would probably have one or two meetings over those two days for six minutes at a time you know and be done but yeah I don't know yeah just, people can just pop in and out can't they yeah that's true you're generally having more I'm going to try and get the word right here. More uh, synchronous, is it synchronous conversations? Like one-to-one, whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, well done, Dan. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so that's my 
creative writing master's degree come in handy there finally 10 years later finally um so next question for you uh, our final question with people working from anywhere including uh traditional offices flex spaces uh from home um how important is well-being now would you say uh for just people in general uh given all those different locations and challenges that they have um i think it's really important and and well from the i guess from the employer's perspective and a flex spaces perspective you really got to keep your teams together somehow and you've got to keep them you've got to keep a healthy workforce you know you want a productive workforce um you need them to be balanced and creative so you have to look at different ways of doing that um and and come back to the whole sustainability thing as well from a a people sustainability perspective you need them to be constantly energized yeah um so you've got to be wary of how to do that and i think um if we're talking about it from a flex based perspective yeah it comes back to community you've got connections there as i said you might not necessarily be talking to people all the time but you know there's someone next door so you, they've got your back yeah sure um and then down to outdoor space so we've got our roof garden um very flexible working environment so it depends on what mood you're in or what project you're doing during the day you can move around you get internet out there or not oh yes and we've got power as well power sockets really yeah outside Mm -hmm. that doesn't sound very um sustainable (laughs) uh, got electricity sustainable working We also have a glazed solar solar sun powered corridor where you can sit and have your coffee. You got me there, but yeah, with the solar power. All right, yeah, I'll give you that. But I think no, but I think um, in terms of the flex space, the whole work life balance really helps um, your energy and your whole creativity. And then you're better when you go home with your family and friends. You've got more time then. You're more focused. I see. Yeah, I guess one of the the risks as well, I think, especially for remote workers, is um, feeling left out. I guess of people that are in the office. So that's one thing that I think people, HR directors, have got to sort of fix or work out how to fix that in the future. Because some people like uh, me are introverts, so you end up just sitting behind the camera and not talking to anyone all day. You Do you know, know that's that's really interesting, Daniel, because. Um... A lot of people think co-working spaces are all about extroverts. Like yeah. I would be an introvert. And most of the people in our spaces are introverts. Oh. Because it lends itself to that. You've got different zones and working environments and people don't feel obliged to go and start a conversation. They they just feel their way. And if they want to do that, they can. Yeah. Just They just slowly build relationships. It's not forced on you. I would agree with that actually because I did work at a co-working space myself during the sort of middle of the pandemic because I was bored of being at home sort of thing um, and I was like really nervous about talking to people but everyone was already sort of talking to each other in their little cliques and stuff and they weren't including me but you know eventually they did you know the lunches and stuff and started speaking to people but you, I was definitely I felt nervous about seeing all these different business people doing their jobs and stuff and I just they were asking me what I was doing and what my job was and stuff and I was like really scared to tell them. <laughs> but your elevator pitch and, <laughs> yeah, then, I mean, then, and then you feel silly saying your elevator pitch in a relaxed environment you've, you've got to get that balance haven't you that's it I thought I thought I, I felt like I was trying to impress them or like oh look how skilled I am or you know how skilled I'm not etc or whatever but I felt like I was trying to um definitely um come across as in- more intelligent than I am <laughs> but, <laughs> that's every day 
anyway. But, uh, but no, but you mentioned like a lot of people would be office-based or they might be jealous of the home-based. I think it's about for employers getting that hybrid model. So a lot of them now are alternating weeks for teams yeah. or it's a half-half or depending on the person, they might let you be based at home for two days, office for three or flex space a couple of days. It's about getting that hybrid balance. I think so. We, we What we're doing is definitely flexible. So we used to be all office-based, so quite rigid and stuff. Everyone's in the office, but we've completely flipped now. So we are basically, depending on your role, you can pretty much choose what you want to do. Go to the office or knock about at home. So I'm sort of a personally um, very mixed, just doing whatever I feel like on that particular day. If I need to go in, I'll go in. If I want to go for drinks and stuff after work, I'll go in. Uh, so got my priorities right. <laughs> and you can go for drinks now as well. Well, I've not yet, but hopefully um, 11 o'clock, maybe this morning, I will go. Have a <laughs> <laughs> um, Suzanne, uh, what we like, thanks for that. What we like to uh, end with is uh, a brilliant, well, essentially, I want you to make me laugh. So that's the goal. So tell oh, me your best office uh, joke, please. OK, so I'm not good at telling jokes. And I have, a, I have a few scenarios, but I'll give the person away and that's just not fair on anyone. But what we have been getting a lot of in the last year is um, calls from wannabe flex operators mm. disguised as memory inquiries. And these inquiries can can really make me giggle because the questions are getting deeper and deeper because they want more and more information and oh. they'll elaborate these big scenarios and it's gets to the stage now where obviously I pick up on what they're doing but I find it really hard to keep a straight face and the others in the office have picked up on this as well so they're pointing and jesting all these questions and I just burst out laughing <laughs> what well, is that true you don't get people do that yes oh no uh, I can imagine that makes sense. me too well uh, that makes total sense, doesn't it? People would be all interested in being in uh, in the flex space right now. Do you know what I read or heard or someone told me or I made up? There is apparently 6% or 10% of people are in flex right now in the whole of the sort of UK. Now, I anticipate that's going to massively shift. So there's a major opportunity in the next sort of five, 10 years, isn't there? Because I think that's going to go to double or triple or whatever. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I've got, I've got, that. I've got no problem with people phoning me up and asking me questions, but it's just disguising as membership inquiries. No, well, we all do it, don't we? Like yeah. um, in marketing, I'm always downloading other people's content and just sort of copying it and stuff, uh, and just sticking my logo on it. You know, tell them that. I'm only joking, of course. I'm, <laughs> I'll be fine. I'm the head of marketing. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, that's really interesting. I just want to thank everybody for listening to today's show. Suzanne, have you had a nice time? Fantastic. Thank you very much. Will you be sharing this on social media when I email you in a couple of weeks? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, delicious. Uh, that's great. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Brussels Sprouts. Uh, please download, review, subscribe. This has been Fishy and Delishy. It is Brussels Sprouts. <laughs>